USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Eric, Mike, and Kylan, the intrepid trio of agents. So duly nicknamed not by Nick Fury. No, no. Which is... I think Nick tries to spend his time forgetting that we exist. True. Uh, we are joining But we this... still get a Christmas card. True. I thought... You know that was a spam bot that sends those out, right? Oh, well... We weren't supposed to say that, was I? Oh, uh, my, my Hanukkah card comes from the Shield Mashugana, so... <laughs> <laughs> I want that t-shirt. <laughs> the shield of sugar. That is what is that what happens at midnight on Hanukkah? <laughs> you know, like on the first night of Hanukkah, you know, all of a sudden the shield of sugar comes out. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But <laughs> Courtesy of the Shield Mashugna, we have on the line with us, um, he was on the animation team for Big Hero 6. He is currently one of the artists on Disney Kingdom's Enchanted Tiki Room. Goes by the name Dorothy, a.k.a. Brian Kessinger. How are you doing tonight? Mazel tov. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, <laughs> we just owned Kylan. It's, 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 it's gone. It's gone off the rails already. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's gonna be a good, good show. Oh my god! And unfortunately, Brian, we're like this all the time. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. you're my people. Then. <laughs> so how we, we've had with the Disney Kingdom's line, we've had um, Secret Secrets of the Weird, Figment, um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Figment Two, Haunted Mansion, now Enchanted Tiki Room. How did you get involved? Involved with Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, it's uh, it, it's kind of kind of a long story, but uh, I we got time. Started, yeah, we got time. All right, cool. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Um, uh, I started last year working uh, on the Groot series uh, for Marvel, so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door uh, with with Marvel. And um, they hired me for Groot because, as we all know, thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Groot has a very limited vocabulary. And uh, if they were going to do a title that just centered around uh, Groot uh, without Rocket being there as a translator they needed Groot to be very expressive more expressive maybe than he has been in the past visually um, so uh, they contacted me with my background in animation that's kind of my day 
job as I'm a storyboard artist at Disney Studios and uh, thought that um, I might be a good fit for this somewhat animated look that they wanted to go for for that comic. And so um, I did that and that was kind of a first, uh, professional comic assignment, which was amazing. And then um, uh, I got contacted to do Tiki Room. Uh, and actually they wanted me to do uh, the interior art for Tiki Room as well. Um, but I was working on Moana pretty uh, hardcore. Um, we were in the thick of it getting that movie made. Uh, so I wasn't able to commit my time um, to the full book. So the compromise was do the covers. Um, I really wanted to do it because uh, I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a multi, <laughs> multi uh, fandom geek. Uh, but one of the, the big ones for me is, is Disney and uh, certainly the Tiki Room. Uh, I've always loved the Tiki Room. And so um, when Marvel said, we're going to do a Tiki Room comic, it was kind of like peanut butter and chocolate for me. I was like, okay, I got to get in on this. So uh, that's how I got to uh, where we are right now, speaking with you, fine folk. So Enchanted Tiki Room, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups of Disney attractions. There you go. How about that? Put, <laughs> I, I, I'm poster. digging the reference. I'm like, if that doesn't sell, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going back to Groot, um, when, when they came to you saying, hey, we want you to helm Groot, did you know what you were going to possibly be getting into, um, knowing the success <laughs> of the character from the movie? It was pretty cool because uh, I was I was working on uh, I was working at that time I was working on Zootopia so uh, I was working on Zootopia and I get this email and it says um, hello from Marvel and I thought okay spam delete and uh, went about my day and then one week later I get another email hello from Marvel and I'm like man this is really persistent so I deleted the email again uh, the, th- <laughs> the third week uh, thankfully I read the email and realized uh, it's not spam it's actually uh, uh, it was Devin Lewis who was an assistant editor uh, for the Spider-Man series. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Um, I, <laughs> that was a close one. So, so um, I uh, I got contacted by him. He had seen some of my artwork line and said, uh, ask me if I would be interested in doing a test since I hadn't done any comic work before. And I said, sure, I'll do a test. So he's like, uh, we got a book coming up. Uh, we can't tell you what it is uh, yet, but we'd love for you to try it. So they gave me some pages and it was from uh, Scotty Young and um, Jake Parker's Rocket Raccoon. Okay. And uh, so those were pages from an issue that was already out. And I did... Uh, pencil test for them uh, with that and I thought oh well maybe it's Rocket you know that's cool the movie had just come out and um, I'm like okay that's cool and then um, when I turned my assignment in they said they really loved it uh, I was really flattered and they said well the book we want you to do is Groot and I I was ecstatic just because that character really uh, you know captured a lot of people uh, in the movie you know he was really kind of a standout star so uh, the fact that they were willing to trust me with that character with his first uh, uh, own self little series it was a five issue run uh, I was like oh my gosh this is amazing so um, there was a little bit of uh, uh, stress <laughs> involved with that because you know with anything that's popular uh, you always fear what the internet has to say about it but um, fortunately the writer for the series who is Jeff Loveman uh, he's a great guy a uh, fellow cast member as well he uh, he writes for Jimmy Kimmel by day that's kind of his day job uh-huh. and uh, he's a diehard comics fan I think it was really fun because Marvel I 
I was, again, it was my first time with Marvel, and they really let me and Jeff play. Um, there wasn't a lot of note. Um, they said, you know, just we want to really explore the uh, galactic side of the Marvel Universe and, uh, you know, make it fun and cartoony. So that's what we did. So awesome. as a storyboard artist, uh, do you try to, to I guess, the I'm trying to think of a, a way to, to phrase this. Yeah. Uh, do you try to let the worlds collide there? I mean, do you approach a page of a comic book as you would like a, a storyboard? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a great question. I really I really treat it like I'm making an animated movie and uh, not so much a comic just because even though I read a lot of comics, uh, the medium I'm used to working in is, is animated movies, you know, cartoons. Um, it really helped that uh, Jeff coming from television uh, and not necessarily comic uh, had a really kind of cin- cinematic way of writing um, because a lot of people a lot of people think oh well writers you just write the dialogue um, and as you guys know that's not at all true you know they really create the world create the visuals and I'm just there to kind of plus it so um, it's the same sort of thing if I were to get script pages for one of our animated movies um, I would do my same process of how, how can I tell this visually the one thing that's different between comic and storyboards that I found very liberating is that with storyboard you're always locked to a rectangle frame right the movie theater is never going to change frames. It's either going to be, you know, a longer rectangle or a shorter one. Or if you're doing something on TV, maybe it's square. Uh, but with comics, all of a sudden, my world was exploded and I could do vertical panel flash pages and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, that's where it differed. But the initial kind of thumbnailing creative process, very similar. Okay. Um, go ahead, Kyle. Okay. Um, I'm actually I'm actually looking through Groot right now. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And so my, my question is, because you're you're obviously having fun with this. Uh, mm-hmm. So are you? So did you take this sort of as Groot as space adventurer? Um, uh, I don't know, like Saturday morning cartoon space adventurer, or is because it seems like this has a although it has it's a comic book, so you got a little bit more of a long form to it. It uh-huh. definitely seems like he's kind of you kind of seeing these very familiar uh, fandoms, yeah. but it's almost through his eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. Definitely Saturday morning. It was definitely, uh, you know, kind of that uh, almost Disney afternoon, if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quite fondly. Yeah, like Darkwing Duck and Tailspin, you know. Yeah, I, like, lately I've been on a mission for Tailspin, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always loved those cartoons, and, you know, this had that same sense of, like, kind of pulpy adventure, uh, but safe, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it's certainly, you look at, like, the Secret Wars storyline or, some, you know, Civil War and there's a lot of gravity to those stories. Right. And this was, you know, this was an extension of what I think even the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was compared to other movies in the cinematic universe, right? right. Like, so it was just, it was fun. And, you know, we could have Groot uh, fighting hammerhead space sharks and we could have uh, Rocket and Groot uh, having a heart-to-heart in a space diner. Um, and, uh, you know, little stuff like that. So it was a, a chance to uh, display it with a different tone overall, which kind comes naturally, a little more naturally to me mm-hmm. than, um, say, you know, some of the more darker, serious stuff, which I love. Right. You know, I, I love that stuff. And, and um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Mike Mignola's uh, Hellboy. Yeah. And he's certainly an inspiration for me. And, you know, the Frank Miller Batman stuff is amazing. So I dig right. that stuff. And, and it, you know, that's what makes comic amazing is that you can have range between titles like that. And I think Tiki Room is another example, you know, just within Disney Kingdom. Uh, there a range. You know, if you look at a Haunted Mansion book uh, next to Big Thunder, uh, next to uh, Tiki Room, they're all very different. Yeah. Now, 
What what were some of the favorite Easter eggs that you put into Groot? Uh, there is a really fun. Uh, there's a really fun one where uh, Groot gets knocked unconscious, unconscious, and uh, uh, Jeff had written a uh, fantasy sequence where Groot is uh, amongst all the other superheroes uh, in in the Marvel galaxy, uh, but they're all Groot versions of those heroes. <laughs> so, like in the script, it was a, it was one of those daunting pages where uh, it was like Groot runs into all the heroes of the Marvel universe, but in Groot form. And uh, it was like, okay, go draw that. And uh, so I got to draw Iron Groot, uh, Captain America Groot, uh, Howard the Groot, uh, <sighs> on and on. And uh, it all culminated, the scene culminated uh, with the appearance of Groot Latin, uh and of course the Silver Grooter. So, uh, I can't those- unsee this. <laughs> no, no, wait. I, I just gotta quickly go back and say, you, you said Howard the Groot? Howard the Groot. As in right. a Groot version of Oh! Boy, you had that. Is that your ringtone? You had that up pretty quick. That's because he he looks for any excuse. Every issue, because we don't have episodes of this podcast. We have issues, which I think you found out already. Um, Every issue, he's got to inject that somewhere, and you gave him the perfect end. That was this. That was that was too easy. That that was that 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 was. It's uh, been a couple episodes. It's been a couple issues. Okay, yeah, that's true. You didn't last last issue. It's it's probably been two or three issues. Has it? Yeah. It wasn't for lack of trying, dude. I promise you. I I saw Groot Lactus and. I'm like, is that yeah. what? Oh, Howard, Howard the Duke, Howard the Groot. I fell in love with when I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say right now, if I ever saw Brian at a show and he was doing commissions, Howard the Groot right. would be my commission. <laughs> That's awesome. And, oh, and Dead Groot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dead Groot was there. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember else as well. Oh, I had. Uh, I didn't have a clever name for him, but we had uh, Professor Xavier and Groot, uh, and that was fun because he was in his little wheelchair. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun scene. And there was a panel there where, uh, I think the script read like something, you know, uh, Groot fanboys at the site of all of his heroes. So I got to draw Groot just losing his mind, seeing all this stuff. And that's, uh, that panel is really me, uh, kind of my feeling the whole time working on that series is like, I get to draw Cause later on in the issue, he does actually spoiler alert. He does get to earth. And, uh, there's scenes where I'm drawing him interacting with Spider-Man and, uh, you know, Iron Man, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm drawing Spider-Man from Marvel Comics? This is amazing. So, uh, it really was a, a dream project. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I, this is this is on my, this is automatically on my, my Marvel Unlimited list now. I'm just, oh, awesome. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was fun. I, you helped me unsee something that I saw earlier this week, so oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Glad I can help. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Another thing that I think Jeff, the writer, was really smart about was like I said Rocket gets separated from Groot so he's without a translator and there's a few panels there where Groot is trying to explain himself to a busload of uh, uh, space alien and uh, he's saying I am Groot but no one else can understand him but what Jeff had written into the script was that in the actual word I am Groot I would illustrate what he was trying to say ah. and what I thought was so cool about that was that it automatically turned 
turned the reader into the translator. All of a yeah. sudden, Groot and the reader and Groot were on the same level. And while it was really daunting to draw, I just thought it was the cleverest concept. And that culminated into a big splash page um, uh, later on where he's uh, talking to, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the uh, celestial uh, goddess's name. Uh, oh, she's purple. Um, oh. And she's based off of, uh, the original character was like based off of Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, oh. real, you know who I'm Time to go to there. Future World, or Marvel Future Fight, because she's there too. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. You know, yeah, so he's talking to her and basically she's feeling down on her luck because she's the goddess of chance and she's feeling bad because, you know, she was the reason Peter Parker got bit and led to Gwen Stacy's death. And like she's in a really dark place and Groot then offers all the good things that have happened in Marvel Universe and that's all, all the good things that happen um, are illustrated in an I am Groot that takes up the whole page. And uh, it was it was the hardest panel to lay out and to draw, but it was the most rewarding when it was done because uh, it's just a real big collage of all the highlights of Marvel history. And again, it was one of those, am I dreaming? Am I really, you know, illustrating this? So it was it was pretty great. I want to say Proximia Midnight, but I don't think that's it. No, what's her name? It's, um, I have a book here. The only other I'm one, sure. like a singularity, and that's not it either. No, I, I know your, your listeners are probably screaming at us right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is fine. They do that occasionally. Yeah. Eris? <laughs> uh, yes. Er- yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep, that's her. Now, w- was there a chance that the the series would go beyond the five issues, or was it always set up to be a five issue run? It was always set up, uh, written and conceived as five issues. Uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry, it was six issues. It was originally written as five issues, uh, but then uh, Marvel really liked where issue one was headed when we were sending in pages, and so it was really nice. They're like, uh, we want to stretch this to six. So it was a six issue story, and actually, there's a trade hardcover out now, and I encourage people if, if they haven't read the comic, yet to really pick up the trade because it's a nice hardcover and it's nice. got everything in it um, and it, it reads almost as a, a group graphic novel um, oh, which nice. is kind of cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's really nice that they put that. It is. I'm definitely going to pick up the uh, the hardback or the, the collected. Yeah. Because it's, it's one of those, it, it's a must-have. It really is. Thanks, thanks. Um, now going back a ways, yeah. you were also involved in, an, in another Marvel project that is but isn't part of the Marvel Cinema universe. Right, right. But is a, a Marvel Disney collaboration. That's Big Hero 6. Yeah. How did how did you guys come about with um, the idea of the film and, uh-huh. and and where where to stray from the original subject matter of the of the six issue series Big Hero 6 that came out mm-hmm. years before? Yeah. Um, it all uh, ironically it all started with Winnie the Pooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not at all the response you were expecting. No. Um, I'm going to be uh, honest, no. Yeah, we had just finished working on Winnie the Pooh and one of the co-directors of that film was Don Hall and um, Don was a huge Marvel fan um, and, you know, everyone at Disney's a geek uh, but he's one of the big ones and uh, when we, when Disney had acquired uh, Marvel, he thought, well, we're done with Winnie the Pooh I'm kind of in between projects uh, we should do like a 
little animated short. Well, you know, what would that be like if Disney Animation actually did a Marvel, you know, short film? And uh, we were all like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, and then he pitched that idea to John Lasseter, who's our, you know, head, creative head of the studio, founder of Pixar. Uh, and um, John's response was not what we expected, but was something to the effect of, well, why do you only want to do a short? Wouldn't you rather do a movie? And uh, that's when everyone, you know, jumped out of their skin like, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, but John Lasseter had a, he was pretty insightful and he's like, let's do a property that hasn't been done yet. So, you know, his thinking being, if we were to do a Spider-Man animated movie, uh, while I'm sure it would be awesome, it would never really compete with what's out there. You know, uh, Disney animation style is a different style than the Marvel Cinematic Universe style, right? Mm -hmm. Like Avengers is ama amazing and gorgeous and photo real. Uh, we make amazing, gorgeous movies, but they're not photo real. And so if we were to have uh, Iron Man or Thor in one of our movies, it, the continuity wouldn't be there. Uh, so he's like, let's take a property that we could really own as a franchise, uh, at least visually. And um, that's where Don came up with a short list of titles. Uh, and uh, one of them was Big Hero 6. And so we pitched that to Marvel, or he pitched it. I wasn't on show at that time. But he uh, pitched that short list to Marvel. And uh, <laughs> I think there's some story there where uh, Marvel was like, what? Big Hero what? Uh, like, <laughs> they, they, even they weren't as familiar uh, with uh, with the franchise. Um, and and uh, there were talks there and uh, they said, yeah, go for it. So um, that's when we started working on it. And, um, you know, we, we tell our, our movies at Disney really are about you know, worlds and characters. And so it was important for us to really make a unique world. And that was one way we could branch away from uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, as you guys know, all the Marvel, what's cool about Marvel is everything takes place in real city for the New York is New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, so on and so forth, as opposed to DC with Gotham, uh, Metropolis and that sort of thing. Uh, so we thought that by creating a city called San Francisco, we're already saying this is a different, you know, world. This is a different uh, part of the multiverse. You know, I don't know what Earth, uh, what Earth uh, San Francisco is on, but it's still in the realm of Marvel, but it's a thing. So that allowed us to really branch out and make uh, an original story for us. Sorry, that was a long answer. No. That was a good that answer. Was good. Awesome. That was a great answer. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're on, on the short list that Don had, were there other Marvel properties or was this there the only were. Marvel property? I, I, I would love to see that list because uh, that would be amazing to see what uh, what other uh, books he was interested in. Um, but um, I know for sure Big Girl was on there because that's the one they said, yeah, let's go, let's go do that. Um, and then the story process started and that's where, you know, you really, when you're adapting something for a movie, uh, ironically, going back to Winnie the Pooh, it's the same thing. Like, you know, Winnie the Pooh was an existing story, collection of stories, and you know, some stories work in one medium and don't work in another, and that's what requires the adaptation. And the same is true for comic books. You know, uh, the, <laughs> there's no shortage of opinion on uh, which on people thinking that the original books are better than the movie, than the TV, whatever. So you just gotta kind of make the best movie you can. And um, for Don, he really zeroed in on the relationship between uh, the boy and the robot. You know that uh, that this um, robot companion, you know, would be a surrogate for this kid's uh, brother uh, that he lost. Um, and 
once we had that, that's kind of when you realize, okay, this is what our story is about. And then we can go and look, okay, there's six members of this team. How can we create stories and characters for those other four, you know, uh, Wasabi, Go-Go, Honey Lemon, uh, and so on? How do we get them to fit into the story? So that was that was a real chance throughout the whole production, at least the story development, rather, um, was finding a place for the other characters because the relationship of Baymax and Hero was so strong that it felt like any time you went to another scene with other characters, you were more interested, oh, I want to go back to Baymax Hero. So that's one of the challenges that you'll find other filmmakers talk about, too, when you're making an ensemble movie, is how does everyone earn their place in the movie? Uh, Fellowship of the Ring being a severe example of that, you know, when you have yeah. that many characters. But I thought, you know, especially the first film, Peter Jackson did it so well, you know, and everyone was memorable and everyone had their place. Uh, so that was that was our task with Big Hero 6. And, you know, it was super cool because uh, Joe Casada was in on early meetings uh, with us. Uh, and in fact, John Romita Jr. Uh, was uh, in-house. He had an office uh, down the hall from my cubicle uh, where he was doing design work. So it was really important to keep the feel and the pedigree of Marvel, uh, but then still make it our own thing. And uh, just a side note, John Romita Jr. was working on Avengers versus X-Men uh, while he was uh, in L.A. with us working on Big Hero 6. So he would work on Big Hero 6 during the day and then at night in his hotel room do pages, uh, these amazing pages for Avengers <laughs> versus X-Men. And wow. then he, knowing how much of a geek we all were, uh, would bring those pages in the next day. So we were looking at original John Romita Jr. pages uh, wow. that were just amazing. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of good memory on that film. And you'd be in uh, the story room and on one side of the table is John Lasseter. The other side is uh, Joe Casada and Jeff Loeb. And I'm in the middle like, how did I get here? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> this is amazing. Uh, so, uh, you know, just think of if you've seen the movie Big Hero 6 and you see Fred, who's the ultimate fanboy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's basically me. <laughs> and in fact, um, it was kind of fun because in animated movies, before you hire the actors to be the characters, when you're still discovering who the characters are, we do scratch voices, which is basically recording temporary dialogue just to see if the pacing and everything works. Uh, so I was actually Fred uh, in Big Hero 6 for about six screenings. So um, it was uh, I have a special connection with that character. Awesome. Speaking of Fred, yeah. uh, do you know whose idea it was to bring in Stan Lee as Fred's dad? Isn't that cool? That um, is like, it, it, I went into this kind of blind, just yeah. you know, watching it. I get to the end, I get through the credits because, you know, by now we have all been trained to sit through the freaking credits. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy crap in a hat, that's Stan Lee. This is truly a Marvel movie now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had talked uh, early when we were storyboarding. We're like, oh, well, Stan Lee has to make a cameo. Even though it's going to be a Disney Animation Studios movie, Stan Lee has to be in this. So th- they were always kicking around, where could he be? And, you know, uh, we had scenes that were ultimately cut in the movie where he was a security guard or a trolley driver. Um, I actually don't know who, because uh, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. I don't know who came up with that idea. And I do know that it, that idea was totally secret. So um, I didn't even know that scene existed until I was at the rap party watching the movie. They were able to keep it a secret from the studio. They made a really small team that was working because we never do end of credits. Um, in fact, that was our first. Uh, so uh, it was only fitting that Stan Lee be in there and be Fred Dad. I mean, it's one of those ideas that is so obvious, but usually doesn't come up until the end of production. No, didn't we didn't we get a tease that Stan might possibly be Fred's dad when we're in Fred's house and there's a family portrait? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. good spot. Yeah, there's the family portrait. And for the longest time, that 
that that was it. Like it was just going to be an Easter egg portrait. Uh, but then I'm sure Don and the co-director Chris Williams, who came on uh, about halfway through production, uh, they both realized, no, we gotta get we gotta get the man in here. <laughs> he's he's got to do his duty. Uh, and it was just it was great. Now, is it possible you could dispel some rumors? There is a sequel to Big Hero Six coming. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm up on the third floor where where we're developing all the projects, but I I haven't seen that one bloat around. So I'm yeah. not sure because Don and Chris, who directed Big Hero, um, they just finished Moana because they came on as co-directors. They were developing projects and then they were asked to help out on uh, Moana. So um, if they're working on it, they've been they must have a time turner or something because uh, they've been pretty busy with Moana. But I'd love it. I'd love to see Big Hero Seven. I would love to see a, <laughs> a sequel. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, I mean, you you did really great on Groot. I think we there's no question about that. Uh, you're doing great with the uh, the covers on the Tiki Room. What characters slash franchises, groups, whatever you want to call it, would you want to work on next? Oh man, um, I I think one of the Star Wars ones would be pretty hip. I'm uh, I, I would love to work. I, I think they're doing so great. Uh, there's so many books. It's a little hard to keep track of actually. Um, I was I was with it for a while, and uh, uh, but yeah, I think I I would love to do one of those. Um, but uh, if we're if we're saying more traditional Marvel properties. Um, I would actually love to do um, kind of a campy um, Fantastic Four. I okay. think it'd be really fun to do like a throwback 60s kind of Jack Kirby uh, mm. style Fantastic Four uh, would be really fun because I do I love sci-fi most of all uh, and so sci-fi and comics would be really cool. That's why I like Groot so much. Uh, uh, comic wise, couldn't we say Star Wars is a, an original Marvel property? Since that's uh, where that's it true. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. I want to draw that green rabbit. <laughs> uh, you totally Jackson. need to do a little Kylo with a with a Jackson in oh, there. Oh, oh my yes. gosh, yes. Oh, I'm going to do that tonight. Thank you. Yeah, that would be, that would be Give great. Give yourself would be awesome. to the dark side. Yes. And for oh, those man. of you who may be listening to this and, and don't know what we're talking about, uh, Brian has an Instagram account. And by the way, it, you need to follow this uh, guy on yes, Instagram yes. if you do not already. Go right out and get this because he does a lot of great stuff. You'll, you'll see some stuff in there from Disney. You'll see some stuff in there from Marvel. But you'll see a lot of his original stuff like uh, Dressing Your Octopus, Otto and Victoria. Uh, <laughs> that, I love that. It's kind of like uh, just got oh, a little thanks. quaint, quirky Victorian feel to it. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, my personal favorite, The Little Kylo. Now, basically, <laughs> this is kind of a, a franchise mashup. He's taking Star Wars and Calvin and Hobbes. And, yes. and this is one of those things where you never figured these two would go together. You would never think of putting these two together. But <laughs> Kylo Ren as Calvin, I mean, that's that's like the chocolate <laughs> peanut butter right there. There you go. Yeah. It's a just It just puts it... And, and Han and Leia as the parents. I cannot look at this stuff without it just completely owning me. Oh, thank Yeah, it, that was a crazy one. That uh, that started in January uh, of this year, so early 2016. And I had done a drawing of Ray and BB-8 sledding down the dune yeah, huh? of Jakku and in the, you know, totally aping the Calvin Hobbes in the red wagon scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was one of those things that was like right place, right time. 
the movie had come had been out in theaters for about a month and people were digging Ray they were digging BB-8 and uh, everyone loves Calvin and Hobbes uh, so uh, you know I, I drew that image and you know frankly it's not an original idea I think there's there's been no shortage of Calvin and Hobbes mashup um, but I think what stands out and the discovery the light bulb moment for me the aha was putting little Kylo or putting Kylo Ren as Calvin and yeah. then as soon as I did that it like unlocked like the whole puzzle is then of course his imaginary friend would be Darth Vader yes and it was like oh yeah that's great you know and he would have instead of a stuffed tiger he would have a stuffed Sith Lord and uh, you know the exacerbated parents would be Han Solo and Leia uh, and all the issues they're dealing with uh, so it really was you know kind of a, a fandom love letter to Star Wars Calvin and Hobbes and it's taken me on quite the journey this year which is, <laughs> well, which is amazing e- e- and, even, uh, even your most recent with your Mary Sithmas with Kylo Ren making the the how do you want the the storm man the the snowman stormtrooper yeah right the snowtrooper yeah yes yeah uh, yeah that was a fun like because obviously I always loved those Calvin Hobbes with the snowman he would do you know all those grotesque scenes and that was a panel I had done early on was Kylo had just massacred a whole bunch of snowmen including spearing one through the cast right next to Han Solo and Han Solo looks over to Leia and just says you know he gets this from your side <laughs> and so it was really fun you know what started as taking existing Calvin and Hobbes strips uh, and overlaying them with the character then developed into its own kind of webcomic which was kind of fun you know where I got the right, right little scenarios there's this there's a that famous line that Kylo Ren says I will finish what you've begun um, so I took that line and had little Kylo reaching over at Darth Vader's piece of cake that he had just started <laughs> so you know it's taking little taking those famous quotes and putting a bin on it uh, you know another one uh, there was another one where Kylo had made a piñata of Alderaan and was handing the stick to uh, to Leia saying you know inform me of the rebel base uh, so you know it's just kind of fun charming little thing uh, that uh, you know have uh, truly gone viral I mean the, the first week it was very exciting because my my wife who who um, kind of runs the business if you want to put it that way runs the Etsy store uh, was getting these emails on Etsy from like uh, uh, you know, BuzzFeed and Huffington Post and uh, Hollywood Reporter, and it culminated in that week that we got contacted by Time Magazine. And wow. <laughs> I was like, really? This is uh, this is going to be a crazy year. So well, I'm I, very grateful for the opportunity. I, I think one of my favorites, though, is your stance on the whole Han Solo Greedo, Greedo issue. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. Oh, man. Now, of all the, the contacts that you've gotten over this, have, have any of them been from, like, Bill Watterson or his his representatives. Uh, I did I did get uh, uh, an email uh, from the representatives and and you know was scared out of my you know <laughs> obviously it's a it's a tricky thing because uh, you know Bill Watterson was like these are my characters I'm not going to merchandise them you know and and he's maintained their integrity and uh, you know unfortunately people have taken it and they've you know taken the character and made him pee on other car logos you know yeah. all sorts of things that of course would make anyone upset. And so, you know, I was doing these because I love Calvin Hobbes and I love Star Wars. And um, I'm fortunate enough to have a job where I can make a living and I didn't need to, you know, slap these mashups on a t-shirt or a print. And I kind of made that known, even as popular as they were getting. You know, the number one comment I would get is, you know, 
when is this going to be a shirt? Followed by, oh, make a book of all of these. I would so buy it. Shut up and take my money. You know, that sort of thing. And I just had to say, I, I, no, I, I can't do that. You know, um, that would be that would be weird. And um, so the email I got from Watterson's people was, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate that, you know, your public stance of, you know, not merchandising these. And, uh, you know, so that was cool. You know, it was a form letter, but it was you know, kind of a, a, a wink and a nudge. So that was that was kind of nice. So, um, yeah, to this to this day, I mean, 2016 is almost over. And, and um, I've done a lot of these little comics and, you know, I'll, I'll sell little commissions of them, that sort of rich art. Um, but um, unfortunately, I, I can't make prints. And uh, uh, but that's what it is. I still have fun drawing. Them, so I'll keep drawing them until it's not fun. anymore. Hopefully that won't be for quite a while. Yes. Well, what's nice is uh, episode eight's going to be coming around. And, That's true. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what kind of he might go in carbonite for a little bit until episode <laughs> eight comes out. Uh, maybe he'll get the ultimate timeout from his dad. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I appreciate you, you guys liking it because it's super fun to do and, and uh, the response is so inspiring that it's like oh how can you not? And we all know the movie so well that as soon as you start putting those things together, it, it just kind of writes itself. Han, Han uh, and Kylo in carbonite hanging around for episode eight. Yep. Yeah. Could be, could I, I be want something. to see, is his hair as awesome as a child as it is as an adult? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've only drawn him a handful of times with the mask off. Yeah. And it, it's pretty luscious. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's something about the Skywalkers, you know, because the grandfather yeah, had true. awesome hair too, you know. That's true. Yeah, oh, man. No. It, it's in the genes. <laughs> those uh, those midichlorians really. Uh, <laughs> All the midichlorians. <laughs> oh, no. No, I went there. Sorry. Bouncing okay. in midichlorian hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. It's in the shampoo. Right, uh, yeah, it's in the shampoo. <laughs> yeah, in Rick, midichlorian Rick shampoo. <laughs> Here we are. Keep, we keep giving Brian more and more ideas. Yeah, exactly. I, hold on. Let me grab my sketch. <laughs> maybe he's born with the biggest midichlorian, but he's born with midichlorian. Never mind. <laughs> Only your hairdresser knows for sure. <laughs> Only your hairdresser knows. <laughs> oh, man. Uses the force to get rid of split ends. <laughs> <laughs> Have dandruff easy, issues? Easy Jedi girl. <laughs> have ha, have dandruff issues? Use midichlorian sh- and shoulders. <laughs> Force those flakes away. <laughs> awesome. I think we got it, gentlemen. I think we have our product. These oh, wow. are the hair products you're looking for. Yes. 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 Your dandruff can't repel shampoo of this magnitude. <laughs> this deal is getting it's a rinse. Time. <laughs> it's a rinse. <laughs> it's a rinse. <laughs> It's a rinse. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I oh, picture Akbar with like awesome hair. Yeah. It's a rinse. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! Oh. No, I have to say, adjacent to Eric's question, um, if if Disney came to you and they said, "Hey, you know, it's looking like you know, uh, Ducktales is well, Ducktales is coming back. Yeah, uh, it looks like these our Saturday morning cartoon lineup from the '90s is starting to get a little bit more popularity. We want you to do one of the comics, do a oh, comic man. of them. So, what would you pick? Oh man, that's a tough one. But I think I think it would have to be Darkwing Duck. It would be a yes! it would be a top 
toss-up between Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. Uh-huh. Um, but I think Darkwing Duck wins out because of the cool villain. Uh, you know, yeah. I always love drawing Megavolt. All yes. The time. He was so cool. What was the water guy? There was like a water dog. The Liquidator. Liquidator, yeah. 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 I think Me- uh, I think Megavolt was in the uh, the NES game. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was always fond of Steelbeak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be that would be a choice. Dark, I'm, I'm glad Darkwing. I, I held on long enough, and Darkwing finally is starting to get the love he deserves. Yeah, nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> finally. Okay, so quick hypothetical question. Let's let's yeah. let's let's build on Kylan's question here. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. You get him. Disney and Marvel want to do a team up between Darkwing and somebody from the Marvel universe. Oh, dude. Who would you want it to be? Yeah. Oh, oh, never mind. I, I, I know. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh Howard God! I put it over the, the plate. Howard the Duck is the obvious. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a good question. What do you guys think? Um, I, I know what I have in my head. Hmm. But but I mean, you're 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 the guy. So I mean, you you have to. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the, you're the guy. I know what would be I, my I, ideal. I can help inspire. Yeah, please. Earth's mightiest heroes. Earth's mightiest heroes. Earth's mightiest heroes. Cause Ultron Funk gon' give it to you. Cause Ultron Funk gon' give it to you. Cause Ultron Funk gon' give it to you. Avengers assemble and fight it down. It's the age of Ultron. That would be pretty. That would be pretty cool. Oh man, yeah. So, so are you calling, Mike? Are you calling an Avengers versus Justice Ducks crossover? Oh, oh shoot! What? First. Throwing down, man. man. I, mm. Mm. But Howard's yeah. gonna be on the Justice or, or on oh, yeah. the okay, so he's not happy unless. Wait, well, what about Duckpool? Would you be happy if Duckpool was there? Oh, Duckpool would be. Duckpool would be awesome. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> and you and you can have group pool there too. Oh yeah, we we'll, we we'll get we we'll get the, the mega crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be their year. It'll be their year long event. There, there you go. There you go. See, see. Move over, Secret Wars. See, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing missing from the Groot series was Darkwing Groot. Yes. Oh man, that would have been the ultimate Easter. That would Darkwing have been. Groot. Oh Groot dear Groot. Lord, I, I'm seeing that in my head, and I'm, I'm, I'm so loving tonight. it. Man, inspiration. We have that habit, along with uh, the habit of being right on a bunch of stuff as well. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> So. Could you imagine? Oh, that'd be awesome if they did because they have their Disney Kingdoms line, obviously, right. which is all the theme park stuff. But yeah, if they did their Disney Afternoon line, do Ducktales, you do them all. Because I remember they used to have that that uh, little Magus Disney Adventure. Yes, yeah, I remember that. And yes, they they always had comics. They had helping comics, and they were all like, like great artists. Uh, yeah. But what a fun way to to reboot them and uh, you know print some money. Yeah, yeah. see, I, yeah. I, I I I I'll be walking to my 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 local comic shop to. Just here. Well, just, shut yeah. up and take my money. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking uh-huh. of comics, yeah, what was like the one comic from the past that, or, or comic title in the past that, if you had a choice, you know, I had the opportunity to go back to Marvel Unlimited. That's mm-hmm. that's the one that you tend to gravitate back towards. I'll tell you because I have like so many fond memories of it. It was that uh, famous four issue X Men cover that all lined up. It was uh, uh, was it Jim Lee? I think did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was in the 90s, and, uh, you know, Magneto was there, and Wolverine foreground with a claw X-Men, X-Men number one. Was that what it was? It was yeah. X-Men number one, and uh, it was like when they when they split the teams, and you had yep. the X-Men, Uncanny right. X-Men, those red, and, I mean, blue and gold. That's right, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so that cover, 
I remember I remember seeing that at the comic book store and that's when I was like really in my Jim Lee phase mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh look at all those lines you know they're so <laughs> detailed and uh, I remember bringing it home and putting it on the kitchen table and just drawing from it wow and it was like part of my homework I would do my homework and then I would draw it again and I kept trying to get it right and uh, you know I, I never could and it's interesting it's such a comic book art is such a unique discipline it, it's definitely a style mm-hmm. yeah. um, I mean now with indie comic that style is certain uh, uh, blowing up it, it, there, there's so many styles but you mentioned someone to someone oh comic book art you kind of have an image of your in your head of what that is right. and um, I feel like I had two pads in front of me I had that comic where I was trying to draw just like Jim Lee and mm-hmm. I feel like if I went down that road I might have been uh, but then at that same time I was drawing that comic Darkwing Duck was on in the background and mm-hmm. I was drawn to that and you know really got into animation so um, okay. the two styles don't really cross uh, that much um, but that would be the one circle back to answer your question okay. uh, that X-Men number one would be pretty pretty cool and then a, kind of a continuation of that question of the current titles out now what are your three monthly I gotta read these yeah yeah um, I really like Squirrel Girl I think that that's awesome you um, just made his day no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <that's, laughs> I love Squirrel Girl uh, I'm really uh, I'm, I'm digging the like I said the Star Wars one so I'll, I'll count all of those as one okay because uh, they you know they cross over and everything and um, what was the other one uh, the Captain Marvel uh, I was really digging it, actually Giant Days you guys know that one Giant Days is by Boom uh, Comics I've, um, I've seen it uh, I'm yeah. not familiar with the book itself but I've seen it like in my shop I believe yeah it's really good it's you know like an indie com- comedy sort of thing and, and uh, actually my friend does the art for it too um, okay. but I really love that one. so I'm always digging that one so I, I think those would be my three well I kind of asked that because I'm going to set and I use that to kind of set us up for something we do each week and yeah. that and that would be that's our picks of the week and awesome. of course that was comic book shop from the Shazbots um <laughs> Kylan why don't you go ahead and go first okay cool and well, we'll, my... we'll have to we'll have to see what Ryan thinks of our picks for this week yeah yeah okay cool well my number one pick is if my computer will agree with me and it is thank god <laughs> okay my number one pick is surprise surprise Power Man and Iron Fist number 11 mm. and uh the writer is David Walker the penciler and cover artist is Sanford Green, the funky drums of war. Luke and Danny make headway in healing the civilian wounds of Civil War II, but war is coming to Harlem, and there may not be anything our heroes can do to stop it. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the plot Gravity. So, Eric, why don't you go ahead and go second? Okay, uh, my first pick of the week is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number three, written by Robbie Thompson and penciled by Javier Rodriguez. One of the Sorcerer Supreme dies at the hands of the Forgotten. The biggest magical threat to the world is on the rise, and none of the Sorcerers have ever felt this week before. Well, my first pick of the week is Gwenpool, number nine. Writer is Christopher (laughs) Hastings. Uh, Penciler is Jerry 
Hiru. Uh, Gwen has found herself in serious trouble with Modoc's mysterious client, but not just that. The authorities are after her too. What's this about? Uh, and what's this about a flashback to the early days of the Marvel Universe? Awesome. So I guess we could go. How would you grade the first picks of the week? Oh man, they're all strong. Uh, I, I'm, I'm digging. I'm digging Luke Cage. Uh, that's so great. Uh, yeah, and Gwenpool, of course, uh, is awesome. I just finished doing a uh, speaking of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange uh, Gwen variant um, that'll come out next year, and uh, it was the most strangest uh, concept ever, which I guess is appropriate given the book. Uh, but it's uh, Orgo, the Jack Kirby monster, uh, dressed up as Gwen Stacy, uh, trashing the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, so <laughs> you okay. can look forward to that, uh, Doctor Strange variant uh, next year. So uh, yeah, it was. I had to read the email several times to break it down, but uh, it was a fun one to draw. So solid, awesome. solid round of first pick. Awesome. So let's move on to our second picks. Okay. Uh, well, my number two is uh, Daredevil number 14. The writer is Charles Soule. Penciler is Ron Garney and the cover artist is Dan Penosian. The conclusion of Dark Art. Muses' sadistic art installations strike close to home and there's nothing Matt Murdock can do about it. Daredevil's minty blind spot is forever changed. The darkest chapter begins here. Okay. Eric, number two. My number two is a number five. It is Deadpool <laughs> Back in Black, number five, written by Cullen Bunn, penciled by Salvador Espin. Deadpool's adventures and the Venom symbiote conclude. Guest starring Black Costume Spider-Man. That's right, we've got everyone's favorite symbiotic relationship, and the symbiote is here, too. (laughs) And I keep forgetting to add that song to the list on the soundboard, so we have it. I'm surprised you... uh... I said I keep forgetting to. You had one job, Mike. (laughs) I know, I know. But I, I, I see that with... Um, My number two pick is Star Wars Poe Dameron number nine. I'm sensing deja vu here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping that you break the curse because it it happened to me now. Is this like the third week that they keep saying it's coming out and it's something like that? And no, normally, no, normally I'm the I'm the curse breaker. But no, I think it's because I want it too bad. Writer is Charles Soule. Penciler is Phil Noto. Poe Dameron's on a secret mission from General Organa herself to escort none other than C-3PO on a dangerous mission to the planet Kadak. Also, a sneak peek into Tarek's past. So that is the second round, and and the grades from the animated judge is... (laughs) I'm very animated. Uh, Again, solid pick. Uh, I'm really like the Poe Dameron series. Uh, Mm -hmm. That one, and the art is so good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's super cool. So yeah, I'm I'm a Poe fan. Um, I I got a suggestion for you guys too, but I'll wait for your next round. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I guess, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Ms. Marvel number 14. Uh, mm-hmm. The writer is G. Willow Wilson. The penciler is Takashi Miyazawa. And the cover artist is Nelson Blake. Kamala's home life, superhero life, and online life converge when a member of her World of Battlecraft guild reveals that he's discovered her secret identity. And it's not just talk. He knows a disturbing number of details about her day day life. But is he human? Read the book. Find out. (laughs) I can't answer that right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. See me on Wednesday. Maybe I'll be able to answer it then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Eric, your final pick. My final pick of the week is the Totally Awesome Hulk number 13. Lucky number 13. Uh, written by Greg Pack with Petzler Luke Ross and cover artist Bernard Chang. Guest starring Brooklyn Nets' Jeremy Lin. Armadeus Cho can calculate parabolas all day, but can he hit one from downtown? A classic Hulk villain returns, but not like you remember. Meet Quasi Mo Do. Hulk's on fire. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> I did not add that part in. The intern wow. actually wrote Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> That's now my favorite pick you just of the had week. Too much ba- I, all of a sudden, I'm playing NB- was it NBA Jam. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's on fire! <laughs> Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> Who's the one ESPN college sports? Oh, uh, Dick Vitale? Dick Vitale. Yeah. Why, why do I sense Dick Vitale wrote that? <laughs> Boom, he, baby! <laughs> Serendipity, baby! <laughs> Get this guy out of here. We're trying to write copy. He's green and totally awesome, baby. Well, ESPN is located right next to uh, Marvel in New York. That, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Coincidence? Maybe, you know, who, who knows? Maybe he's a secret comic writer. We just don't know it. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> well, my final pick for the week, uh, I'm I'm getting to redo because apparently I didn't do it right last week. <laughs> this is two books now that have been on the list before because they didn't come out when they said they were coming out. And that's The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 15. Yes. Writer is Ryan North. Penciler is Erica Henderson. When the Taskmaster comes to town and brings with him his ability to duplicate anyone's sweet moves, who stands between him and total domination? See, I can tell you you're glancing at the title of this comic and whispering, well, it's probably Squirrel Girl. But guess what? (laughs) This time it's actually Nancy's cat, Mew, who has no powers whatsoever. Thrill as Mew loafs around the house. Gas as Mew chases a mouse and then takes a nap. Boggle as you wonder how we possibly managed to pitch an issue entirely from a cat's point of view to Marvel. The multinational corporation with a lot invested in our comic continuing to star a squirrel and or a girl. They knew the rhythm. They knew the risk when they let Hawkeye have that pizza dog issue, though. This, so this was clearly inevitable. Mew issue. Bring your tissues. Yeah. That was yeah. just tripping me out. Sorry. Okay. Oh, wow. So that that round takes a game. That was the best round. Now I I came into Squirrel Girl late, and I've said this is one of those sort of like with the Howard stuff. I'm yeah. picking up the trade paperbacks because it's the easiest right. way to yeah. get. But this issue. <laughs> I will definitely pick up this issue with no problem. Just like I Here did with Howard, Howard known as the cat issue. The cat issue. Just like <laughs> I did with Howard are. just like I did with Howard the Duck number nine with Leia Thompson. Oh yeah. right, right. Oh man. So cool. So I might have to get this one too. I, I you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. Anybody that can, is willing to do an entire issue from a cat's point of view, who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> well, I would ask for judges' scores on this, but I know there's a, a strong bias with score yeah, barrel, and, and with that interns write up, it, it can't be beat. No, no, that's, that's, that one gets a game ball. Um, so from here, Kylan, I think you got the Marvel Unlimited pick, pick for us for this I, week. I do, and I, I made a change because uh, you guys saw probably saw on show notes that I had one book, and I, I made an executive decision as executive as we can get in the above ground underwater sub over a little volcano layer and I said it all in one breath um this deal is getting worse all the time <laughs> we're go- I, you know what I'm not going with just one book I'm going with the entire Groot series here uh, oh, oh. yeah one through six and I, I'm also gonna also encourage everybody to not just go with the Marvel Unlimited go out get the hardbound copy uh you know cause you know sometimes batteries die <laughs> you know so <laughs> That's so right. sometimes batteries die, and you know and, what? You always have that book in hand. So and hardback hurts worse than trade paperback on an airplane. That's true. Oh right, <laughs> that's true. So <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, just from just I, I couldn't just say well issue one. I just couldn't cause the way it ends leads right to issue two, which helped me unsee something that I saw earlier this week. So it won the week for me, which goes yeah. into issue three. So you know what? With three, you get six, and that's the whole series. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Where can we find you on the internet, Brian? Um, I I've set up camps and all the usual places, so uh, I've made it easy on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Brian Kessler, so it's all the same. Uh, on Facebook, I have an artist page, uh, and that's called Brian Kessinger's Tea Girls. Um, so yeah. you can find me there. And then, um, if you guys want to get some of the books or some uh prints of some of my other work uh you can find me on etsy uh brian kessinger design and illustration on etsy and uh that's also the best way to get a hold of me. um my uh my wife uh is really on top of all that stuff and, and uh if, if you've got a question or anything or want a commission uh that's the best place to go but um really instagram is kind of my main platform choice it's just really fun and i can post sketches and all that sort of thing okay well we thank you for coming on oh, thank you this was a blast i have we can oh, thanks so much. I know I'm going to personally say it. I'm sure that sentiments are exactly the same from the rest of the Infected Trio. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to have you come back on. Oh, yes. thank you. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. This is so fun. I, I, I love hanging out and just uh, talking comics. Uh, I'm here painting minifigs right now. So uh, this has just kind of been the, the dream night. So, uh, <laughs> what kind uh, of minifigs? Just, just out of curiosity, <laughs> curiosity, where are you painting? Uh, I'm painting a Tuckin' Raider on the back of a Banda. Oh, and, my hat's off to you. I don't have that kind of patience. Man, that's it's yeah, like, no, it's, it's, I can do mini things, I'm like... <laughs> it's been kind of my art therapy, which is funny. It's a way to, like, and, uh, so the fact that I could hang out with you guys and laugh it up and talk Disney afternoon. Uh, my weekend's off to a good start. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, we thank you for coming on. Uh, Kylan, Eric, any final thoughts? I don't think anything else needs to be uh, said. I, yeah. I'm sufficiently broken, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, we broke you, th- what, three times tonight? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- definitely. Thanks for, for stopping by and, and joining us this evening. Thanks, this, man. Um, yeah, seriously. And, awesome. and I'm going to give the opportunity to the last word to Brian. Any final thoughts from you, sir? Well, I just, again, really appreciate
appreciate it. You know, I've worked I've worked at Disney for a long time. Uh, I, I for feel the you on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, for the longest time, I've, I've just been a, a, a small name at the end of the credit. And over the last couple of years, I've been able to, uh, with my own books and my own work, kind of get out into the world a little bit. And it just really means a lot uh, to have uh, people like you uh, contact me and and want to talk about my work. Uh, it's very special and and uh, I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for everyone who checks out my work. So uh, I guess final thoughts is just gratitude and thank you. you. You are so very welcome. And on that note, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. Uh, well, um, thanks for coming on and um, coming into the above ground underwater sort of orbital volcano layer. Uh, you can keep your lanyard, of course, because we want you back. And if we see anything show up at your Instagram over the next few days, we'll we'll just smile and go, "Yeah, that's us." <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I, I, I'm totally gonna brag. Guess who I talked to last night? <laughs> My weekend's already better than yours. Oh man, that's awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I can't be anything else to top that. I'm give out. This was too good. Yes, it <laughs> was. It was.